podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we are previewing the Liverpool versus Crystal Palace game coming up this Saturday at Anfield. Joining me for the Reds once again, we have Jay Riley. You can catch Jay on the Radio City Fan Friday talk show and now regular with us on the Cop Table. So, how are you, Jay? Yeah, not too bad, mate. You know, it's uh, it's great to be top of the league and Hopefully at the weekend we can go seven points clear again. So, yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Good stuff. And joining us representing Crystal Palace tonight, we have Steve Trendall. Steve is a lifelong Palace supporter. He's coming up uh, for the game at Anfield this uh, this coming weekend. So, pleasure to have you on with you, Steve. How are you doing, pal? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Pleasure to be on and it's, uh, it's an honour to be invited. Great stuff. Okay, while uh, Liverpool's the home side, we're going to uh, talk to Jay for the first uh, question, Steve. So, Jay, we're going to have a little look back at the, the game down at Brighton. We come away with a with a 1-0 victory. Pretty solid performance, I thought, throughout. Um, had to bide our time and, and be patient. And um, I thought of the first half we played too many long balls, really, and then we seemed to get the ball down a little bit more on the deck um, against them big centre-halves from... From Brighton, but just give us your thoughts on the on the performance, please, Jay. Yeah, I mean, going into the game, it was always going to be quite tough, really, because Brighton have done quite well this season, and certainly at home as well. So, you know, we did have to, you know, the term you used there, patience, and that's exactly what we had to show, really. And in the first half, Liverpool controlled it. I think we had was it seventy five percent possession, and you know, we had a couple of chances, but we didn't really create much and. You know, I think Brighton just sat in, really, and they made it difficult for Liverpool, and we found it tough to break them down and to create opportunities, really. And then, obviously, second half, it wasn't long, was it, before Salah, a little bit of brilliance, really, and then he was, it was a blatant penalty. I mean, the uproar was, was a joke, really, wasn't it? You know, surrounding the incident. I mean, when someone pulls at your arm and then kicks at your leg, you're obviously going to go down, aren't you? So it was as blatant as they mm. come. And, you know, some of the... the the fans of you know other clubs and some pundits the way they've 
gone on about it as though like he's getting a name for himself. It's absolutely embarrassing, really. It's like there's a vendetta against him now, and it's a shambles, really, because, you know, OK, he's won three penalties in the last, say, four or five games. And when you look at three three penalties, I mean, there's only one of them that you could say was a little bit soft, and that was the one against Newcastle. But when even when you look back to that game, Paul Drum at the full-back, you know, when you put your arm on a, on, a, on a forward player in the box, you give the referee a decision to make, and he never even complains about the decision. But you know, out of the three, that's the only one, in my opinion, that's been soft. The one against Brighton was absolutely blatant, and then obviously he stepped up and scored it. And you know, Liverpool were in control really for for long periods of the game. Certainly, second half as well, we had other opportunities to to wrap it up. Really, Salah himself missed an absolute sitter, didn't he? And Mane had a chance, so did Firmino um, with Brighton. He had a little go, didn't he, second half, but he didn't have a shot on target. You know, the best chance he had was Pascal Gross, where he had the shot and Fabinho blocked it. But other than that, he didn't really threaten Liverpool. I think Lacardia had an effort from long range that Alisson had to deal with, but it was going wide anyway. So, you know, it was a routine victory, really, for Liverpool. And, you know, when you only win a game 1-0, some people like look at the scoreline and think that, you know, have been a little bit fortunate, but that that wasn't really the case. Liverpool just control the game. It was a machine-like performance, wasn't it, really? And this is the thing you find. And now at Liverpool, it's just very methodical at times, isn't it? Not really getting out of second gear. And teams just can't really cope, really, with the way Liverpool possession football. And well, the opposition have to work really hard against Liverpool. And they seem to tire in games, I find. Or well, they tire at the end of the first half and tire at the end of the second half as well. So... Like I say, teams have to put a lot of effort into playing against Liverpool. It's not just the physicality of it all, it's mental as well, because the way Liverpool play. So, like I say, it was just a routine victory, a great three points away from home, and you know, we just keep on putting that pressure on Man City, and yeah, OK, fair enough. We dealt with it on the Monday night, and then they reduced the, the, the gap to four points again, but you know, you know, Liverpool were just, you know, as I say, didn't really get out of second gear, and it was an easy three points for us. Yeah, a little confidence booster going into um, the game at the weekend as well. So, over to you then, um, Steve. Going to have a little look back at the the previous um, few Crystal Palace fixtures as well. Going back to the to the game against Manchester City where you just come away with a, a 3-2 victory, which was on the 22nd of December. After that result, you um, had a draw against Cardiff. Suffered a 1-0 defeat at home to Chelsea. Then went away to Wolves. Um, beat them 2-0, had a good result in the FA Cup and, and then um, went down to Watford at the weekend. So um, a little bit of an up and down period for Crystal Palace. So just give us your thoughts on the on the the form and, and the, the performances in the, the few previous fixtures, please, uh, Steve. Yeah, I mean, the win against City was... It was a complete surprise. Everyone was completely shocked, I'm sure sure most of Liverpool uh, were, were delighted um, and we, we've got this thing where we, we'll play a big club and all of a sudden we'll, we'll, we'll pull it out of the bag I mean last season we beat Arsenal we beat Chelsea um, you know we, um, we we seem to raise our game for the big teams but we just seem to struggle uh, against the, the so-called smaller teams or the teams you'd expect to get results out I mean the nil-nil draw against Cardiff on Boxing Day. I mean, it was it was such a poor game. We probably should have come away with with a win, but I don't know. I mean, unlike Liverpool, where you know 
someone said describe Liverpool in one word, they'd say clinical. Um, that's the polar opposite with, with Palace. We're just not clinical at all. We, we don't know where the net is. And that just goes to show in the Watford game. I mean, the way that we took the lead, we just it was just bundled over the line and we just about got the goal because of goal line technology. Um, I mean, the City game was superb. Uh, the form dipped slightly. The game against Chelsea was like a more like a training exercise more than anything else, and we kind of played into Chelsea's hands on that basis. But the game against Wolves was it was like we played City again. We picked it up and we looked really dangerous. Um, and I think it's because Hodgson decided to put someone up top. Uh, in this case, it was Ayu, but. The difference is when we do do that, and I'm sure that will happen on Saturday against you guys with Benteke back. I'm sure he'll be starting. Um, when you've got that focal point, you give the defenders something different to think about. And all of a sudden, the likes of Zaha and Townsend can go back to where we're, we're renowned for, and that's that counter-attacking football. That's where we cause the problems. That's where we create the most danger when we're playing like that because teams just don't know what to do half the time. Um, I would suggest that it's probably um, less likely that Liverpool won't know what they're doing against us, especially with with the calibre of uh, your squad and and the quality that you've got right throughout. Despite your injuries, I'm sure there'll be a very strong side out uh, this Saturday. But, you know, the Watford game is really disappointing. Uh, We we absolutely battered Watford for long periods of, of the second half and I think we just ran out of puff and they took advantage. Before we knew it, we were 1-0 up and before we knew it, we were, we were 2-1 down. And for me, Hodgson's made us steady, can't deny that, but let's face it, he's, he's not the most inspiring manager and he can't inspire the players when chips are down because all we've got is that one tactic one size fits all. And I think Watford, yeah, they, they run the course of the game. They they swallowed up the pressure that we put on them and, you know, fair play to them. They, they found a way to turn it around and um, you, you're not, no keeper, regardless of how poor Hennessy was on Saturday, is going to save that shot from cleverly. Um, it doesn't matter which goalkeeper it was, it was just ridiculously accurate and in the net before he even looked at it. So, I mean, it's been mixed form to be fair, Pete. Um, but you know, I'm not happy. I'm not unhappy. I'm kind of I'm sitting on the fence with the way it's a couple of wins, a draw, um, a couple of losses. You know, and the, the game against City that will will probably live in my memory for a long time. Probably was the best display we've had for for years. In all fairness, and that's that's pretty much my take on the form. Excellent, and yeah, and. Just like to ask you about one or two of the Palace players. To me, when I've seen the highlights of Crystal Palace, obviously I don't watch the majority of the games um, unless they're live on Sky or whatever. But to me, it seems like Andros Townsend has been a player that's um, stood out of late. Um, obviously, Will Zahar is, is a threat. But you mentioned um, Christian Benteke, a former Liverpool player who, who's likely to come into the side. Um, what's been going on with Christian has he been has he been out injured has he yeah he's been he's been out injured for I think it's the best part of three months or just over right uh, and to be honest he, he's a massive threat and uh, two seasons ago he, he scored 17 goals for us and I know 
you know, it's like any team, isn't it? You know, when when you look at Salah at the moment, he's he's that hate figure. Everyone wants to have a hate figure. At Spurs, it's Kane, and at Chelsea, it's Hazard, and at Palace, it's, it's Zaha. But um, you know, when Benteke's not getting the goals, all of a sudden everyone's getting on his back. But he, he's got it in his locker, and it all it takes with a, with a with a striker. We all know. You score a goal, the confidence starts to flow. You get another mm. one. I mean, look at Ayu. He, he couldn't score, you know, to save his life. He gets two in two and he's, he's, he's on top of the world. So I, I just think Ben Take will come back and he'll, he'll score goals. He'll look a different player um, from the one that we've experienced in the last sort of season and a half. Um, and the injury has, has, has affected him. You know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do that all day long, but... I think he looked sharp. He looked sharp when he came on Saturday for 15 minutes. Um, and I, I, I expect him to start uh, this Saturday. OK. Excellent stuff, um, Steve. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you. When Ben Teke was at Liverpool, he was, he was pretty much a, a confidence player. And um, you, you need to play a player like him. You need to play to his strengths, don't you? He, he, need, he likes to hold the ball up and, and get players in and around him. But Palace are going to put men behind the ball on Saturday. He, he could find himself um, a little bit isolated, couldn't he? But going back over to you then, um, Jay, we're going to have a little look at the injury situation. Um, obviously, we spoke on the previous podcast that Matip was out and Lovren suffered an injury against Wolves. Now, this week... Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold has suffered a, a knee injury, which is likely to put him out for between whatever you want to read and believe, between two and four weeks, could miss up to four games. Um, so with the situation that it is now, who do you see likely to come in? Obviously the options are Milner or Fabinho. Um, I can't really see him playing the young kid in the Premier League just yet. So what's your thoughts on, on Trent's replacement in that position, please, Jay? Yeah, it's obviously not ideal, is it? We're allowing Nathaniel Klein to go out on loan to Bournemouth, but you know, how did you look? Because I mean, you know, the only baffling thing about it is Klein did actually say, didn't he, to Klopp? He, he spoke to him and said, "Look, am I going to get game time?" And Klopp basically allegedly said to him, "Well, it's unlikely unless Trent or Robertson get an injury." Now, straight away, he's been allowed to go, and within a week, Trent's picked up an injury, so it's not ideal, but. You know, like I say, it's just one of them things, isn't it? I mean, you just got to get on with it. You've got to deal with it. I mean, it is a bit of a shame because Klein probably would have played the next three or four games now while Trent's out injured. But we're just going to have to get on with it and probably play maybe Milner there, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, people are saying about Fabinho because he's played there for Brazil and he started out his career, didn't he, playing there for Monaco? But... I just can't see him playing there. I mean, he, to me, he's got to be in the centre. He just started to perform really well for us in the middle of the park. And then we got the injuries, you know, in the centre back department, and he's he stepped in for a couple of games, and he's done really well. Um, with now the, the possibility of Matip starting at the weekend against Crystal Palace, you know, you would like to think that Fabinho would move into midfield, and you know, by default, really, you'd have to you'd have to say Milner, wouldn't you, at right back because he did play there, didn't he, against Wolves just before Christmas time, and he'd done quite well in the past. He's had a full season playing left-back. I know it's the other side, but he's played left-back for us, hasn't he, um, for a full season, really, and he's done, he done relatively well there as well. So I think that the natural player that you would put in that position really would be James Milner for me. 
Um, but it's not ideal because you know, you're looking at it now thinking, who have we got at the weekend? Crystal Palace and, and most of this season, I think I'm right in saying Zaha's been playing up front, hasn't he, for Palace? Um, but now with Benteke back into the fold and obviously available for selection, you would imagine yeah. that Zaha would go out on the left-hand side. So that could be a problem because he does cause problems. I mean, he used to, he's caused Trent Alexander-Arnold problems in the past, hasn't he? Certainly at Selhurst Park. So, you know, him up against James Milner could be a little bit of a an area that they could target in this game on Saturday. But we all know with Milner, he's a fantastic professional. And, you know, we've seen it in the past, haven't we, where he... He lit, he lit the, the wide man early and then they're out the game for the rest of the match then because they just, they just don't want to go near him because he's an old head, isn't he? He uses experience and, you know, we just got to hope and pray that, you know, that, that similar situation happens again on Saturday. But it's certainly not ideal because Zaha is the type of player that he can turn you inside out and he's, he's very quick, isn't he? Very tricky as well. So, you know, it's an interesting one for the weekend, what Klopp does decide to go with because, you know, even playing for Benio there, I don't think he's the quickest either, to be honest with you. And he's never played in the Premier League at right back, has he? It's all right saying, yeah, he's played there for Brazil and Monaco, but he's never played in the Premier League at right back. So, you know, I, I don't really think it's the right idea to play him there. I'd rather have him in the centre of the park, bossing things, to be perfectly honest with you. But it's certainly a dilemma for Klopp, and it's certainly not ideal. And it does make you think, doesn't it? You know, maybe it was a bit premature letting Klein leave so early in the window. I mean, he could arguably have kept hold of him, really, couldn't he, until near the end of the window and said to Bournemouth, well, look, yeah, OK, fair enough, there's a possibility we'll allow him to go out on loan but come back to us at the end of the window. I don't know, but to me, that seemed the most feasible option to do instead of letting them go so soon into, into the transfer window because here we are now where we could have done with the, the services of Nathaniel Klein. And I've seen people on Twitter saying, oh, you know, he, he, something's gone on with him and Klopp and we don't really need him. He's hardly played any football for 18 months because of injuries and he's been out of favour. I take that on board, but he, he, he come into the side against Manchester United in December time and was absolutely outstanding. For someone who'd hardly played any football for 18 months, I thought he performed really well in that game against United. So, yeah. you know, it is a little bit of a blow, isn't it? Because you're going to have to play a player out of position now, midfield and Milner or Fabinho, but I do think Milner will probably get the nod. <laughs> Yeah, and just looking at the um, at the situation with, with the formation that Klopp's been playing, he, he's alternated, hasn't he, but between the four three three and the four um, four two three one. Palace at home, he usually goes with the four three three, doesn't he, um, in the home fixtures? But I just think with the possession based game that he's been playing over the past past few weeks, especially away at City, when we we we. Ch- the formation to the four-two-three-one, and then down at Brighton, um, we seem to be controlling the game a lot more with that formation. Do you, it's it's going to be interesting to see. But which one do you think he's going to go with on on Saturday, Jay? I think between now and the end of the season, people are crying out, aren't they, for the four-two-three-one because it gives a little bit more supremacy in the game in the middle of the park, anyway. And I think that's what he'll go with on Saturday against Palace. So. I mean, I'm looking at it thinking now we need a little bit of creativity in there. So you would definitely say Shaqiri should be starting the home games now for us. So he, he's obviously be in the midfield area or in the three behind the forward, behind Salah. So it's all about who plays in the two. Now, 
I think probably when you look at it, Wijnaldum's meant to be a doubt for the game. And I've just spoken there, haven't I, about wanting Fabinho in the middle of the park. So I think you're probably mm. looking at it being Fabinho and Henderson in the middle, Shakiri in the front, in the forward three with Mane and, and uh, Firmino, and then obviously Salah up front. But, you know, there is the talk now that maybe Naby Keita should be getting a start. He needs to run the games, doesn't he? And with the injury issues that Liverpool have got, maybe now's mm. the time for him. But... I just think at this moment in time, Klopp probably doesn't really trust them as much as the others just yet. So on that basis, I'd probably say he'll go with Fabinho and Henderson. Excellent. Cheers, Jay. <clears throat> OK, then, Steve, over to uh, yourself again. What's the situation with, with Palace's squad regards injuries and suspensions? Uh, who's out for um, Roy Hodgson's side? At the moment, we've got a full squad to choose from. There's no injuries now. Now Benteke's come back. Uh, two weeks ago, Scott Dan came back from his injury. Um, he's, re- he's recovered from that, and um, we've, um, in terms of the actual squad itself, we've farmed out quite a few of uh, the players that are kind of sitting on the on the bench. Really, we do need to strengthen, that's for sure. But um, we've got a full squad to choose from, and I, you know, I think um, you know we're we're in the best situation that we've been for well since the start of the season because. Since sort of October, uh, it's, been, it's been pretty hard going in terms of who was available and, and who we can bring in as different options. So, yeah, good situation right now. And um, it, it, could, it could stand us in good stead considering quite a few other teams around us uh, are now experiencing quite a few injuries. Yeah, I, I was reading, I was having a little look on, on the, the Crystal Palace News Now page for, for a few ideas earlier on, and it, it mentioned something about um, there the could be a problem in, in the goalkeeping area for Palace. Um, I never read, read into the article, but it just said there was um, there was possible um, problems in, in the goalkeeping department. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, sorry, no, I've, I've got to mention that. Um, Hennessy, uh, I, I think his time has come at, at Palace, I mean... He's such a poor keeper. For someone who's six foot five, he can't command the air. He can't catch the ball. He's, he's a brilliant shot stopper, and, and most keepers are these days. But in terms of, you know, a lot of teams want that keeper to be able to play out from the back and command the area. He just doesn't do it. The last four games, be a greater uh, in in goal. Uh, he's he's done his um, thigh apparently, so he's out for a month. But we're just about to sign. Um, a youngster, relatively young, I think he's 21 or 20, from Sao Paulo, um, on loan with a view to three and a half million pound um, uh, uh, future signing. Permanent signs deal, yeah. A permanent deal. So I think we'll, we'll. I mean, yeah. When I say that we we've got no injuries, so I, I forgot to mention that. Ju- uh, Julian Speroni will probably go in goal. He's he's solid. He's he's getting on a bit, but he's he's. He's great at commanding his area for keepers that, that, that's quite short in comparison to other keepers. Um, distribution's relatively good, and he's a great shot stopper. So he'll come in. He'll he'll be as solid as we can hope for, to be fair. Um, but now we, we, we're just about to complete this signing for this kid. I, I suspect that Speroni will play this game, and then after that we'll, we'll bring this kid in. Yeah, I'll get him used to a bit of training and stuff First, but going in, in, into the the game at Anfield this um, this weekend, Steve, I, I'll just see Palace lining up formation wise, and, and just give us your your predicted starting eleven for us, please, Steve. 
so the starting eleven will be no different to what it's been, except for Spironi going in goal. Um, Wan right back, Zacho uh, at centre back with Tompkins, and Patrick Van Aanholt at left back. In in the midfield, we're probably going to go with three: uh, Kiate, Jimmy Mack, and Luca. Um, with Townsend on the right and Zaha on the left and, and, and Big Ben up front. So it's going to be, for me, a 4-3-2-1, uh, which I'd imagine that Hodgson would go that way to try and negate uh, your your tactics. It will probably be highly likely to happen with Fabinho. I, I'd imagine Henderson will be in there uh, trying to sort of box the midfield. Um, I think I think Zaha, depending on who your um, right back is, uh, I actually thought guys were talking about um, Milner dropping in there. I, I actually, I actually think you, there might be a bit of a curveball in there. I think you might throw in that. Is it that you got a kid called Camacho who played the other night? Yeah, he's. Um... Yeah, we didn't actually mention him, Camacho. We played in the game against Wolves, but um, I just think. Premier League game, we're going for the title, aren't we, Jay? We're, we we can't be messing about. I think he's going to go with the experience of, of James Milner. Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with that Camacho. He looked really, really sharp. He looked quick. Um, he looked like he knew what he was doing. And uh, and likewise with the the other kiddie that you had to bring on that. Is it Hoover? Or Hoover? Yeah, Kiana Hoover. He's he's only a sixteen year old. He actually got sent off in the under. Uh, 23 games earlier on, on on this week. Although we shouldn't have been sent off, it, it was a ridiculous decision by the by the referee and the Lions when I mean, it was it was never a red card. But yeah, he um he got sent off in the game against against Brighton in, in the other 23s. I think it was on Monday evening. So um, that's, that's a shame for him. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it, it it affects the Premier League games in any way. But it, he he's he's just um he's nowhere near the Premier League at the moment. I don't think he, he might get a place on the bench. Dependent on on injuries and stuff like that, but at the moment there's um, there's no chance of him being thrown into a into a massive Premier League fixture for Liverpool. And I think Camacho pretty much the same as hasn't really featured. He featured in the FA Cup game, could get a place on the bench, but again, there's uh, I, I just can't see myself that Camacho is going to start this um, this game unless anything happen, else happens between between now and the um, the fixtures on on Saturday. So yeah, just going to go back over over to you, Jay, and we've got to talk a, a little bit about the the, the Crystal Palace game. Um, how do you see that Liverpool playing this one out? Do you, do you see us um, going on the all-out attack again, and or do you see us being a lot more or patient as we've we've proved this season, taking into to account and um, consideration that Roy's probably going to come and put a lot of men behind the ball. So um, how do you see us approaching this one, please, Jay? I think Crystal Palace in the past have been a little bit of a, a bogey side to Liverpool. I think, am I right in saying they came to Anfield three years on the spin and beat us every single year until last season when we won 1-0 Mane late on. So, you know, as I say, mm-hmm. a bit of a bogey team to us and it's always a tough game. They're, they're quite a physical side, aren't they? Big, powerful presence in the team and they're quite pacey as well, aren't they? With the likes of Zaha, as I've already mentioned, Andros Townsend. They've got Schlupp as well, haven't they? I like the lad in the middle of the park at the Serbian. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but he's a very good player as well, in my opinion. So they've got some good, good footballers, really, and 
by physical at the back, aren't they? You've got Sacco, as we know quite well, because he's a Liverpool player for a, a couple of seasons. So I'm expecting it to be a tough game. I really am. And they are obviously going to come to Anfield and put men behind the ball and sign it is on the counter attack on the break with their pace and power. So, yeah, it could be a tough one. And as I say, we've got a few injuries and, you know, Matip should be back to play centre-half. But as I just said before, it's, it's not exactly ideal having Milner a full-back or... You know, maybe Fabinho, whoever Klopp decides to go with. So it's it's not perfect really going into the game with the issues that we've got. But you'd like to think with Liverpool being at home, they'll, they'll, you used the term before patience, and that's probably what we're going to have to be on Saturday because unless Liverpool get an early goal, then it could be a bit similar to the Brighton game. You just never know because teams are not going to come to Anfield and leave themselves open and go for it, go go and go against us. They're, they're obviously going to put men behind the ball and sit deep. And it's not just Palace doing that. All teams are going to do that because they know what Liverpool are about. They know how capable we are of you know, giving teams a hiding, really, if you're open up against us. So I, I do expect it to be tough. And, you know, like I say, it's all about getting the three points, isn't it? I mean, yeah, we had some nice victories, didn't we, over the Christmas period where we beat Newcastle 4-0 on Boxing Day. We beat Arsenal 5-1 as well. But I just think it's all about getting the three points now when you get to this stage of the season. It's all about maintaining the gap that we've got at the top of the Premier League. So, you know, come to 10 to 5 or 5 o'clock on Saturday evening, all I'm really concerned about is, is, is the three points, really, and hopefully we'll get it. But, you know, like I say, I think it's like anything else, isn't it? With Liverpool being at home, it's a bit of a fortress, isn't it? Liverpool don't tend to concede many goals at Anfield at all. We seem to win quite a lot of games there as well. It's, we don't even tend to draw many games at Anfield, so... You've got to be positive going into the game, regardless of a couple of injuries that we've got. And you'd like to think we'd have a little bit too much for Crystal Palace, but I do think it quite—you know—it can, it could very well be a tough game for us, though. Yeah, spot on. Thanks, Jay. Um, and yeah, just a similar one for yourself, Steve. Um, obviously, you mentioned they're gonna possibly play the the four three two one, the old uh, Terry Venables Christmas tree formation. Um, do you see Roy, like you're saying? Benteke up on his own um, and then just packing the midfielder and, and trying to um, and see what he can get, really, and, and try and keep Liverpool at bay. Is that how you see Hodgson playing this one? I think, I think I mean, one thing that's been certain this season for us, uh, and it's, it's a good fact, is that we have got statistically the best defence outside the top six. So I think um, whilst Liverpool have found it a little bit easier against teams like Newcastle and stuff like that to break them down and uh, uh, the Arsenal game I, I know a lot of people suggested that that was a bit of a freak result but for me it wasn't because um, Arsenal's defence is absolutely shocking but for us you know we, we've got um, the best number of um, uh, clean um, clean sheets outside the top six and Saka and Tompkins they understand each other and I know a lot of the, there's a lot of debate between Trent Alexandra being the best right back, um, but I, I, I don't think there's much between it. I, I, and I actually think with the way that Wan Bazak has been playing, his stats, his tackles, um, the fact that no players really had the better of him uh, season to date, I think that that I wouldn't suggest that it will cause you problems, but I think it, there'll be long periods, uh, which I think uh, Jay was suggesting that. It might be hard to break break us down with, but I don't know. I mean, I, I fully expect 
to lose. Uh, that's not that's not me being a defeatist. I, I think we'll, we'll cause you problems on the counter attack. Um, ben Teke sticks together with Townsend and Zaha and they hunt as a three. We probably could end up having more more chances than than if he just sits up there on his own trying to hold it up because that's not really going to work. Uh, they they need to sort of go in in that pack of three for it to give us any chance whatsoever. Um, but I think Piate, Jimmy Mack and Luca, Milivievic is, is how you pronounce it, Jay. Um, I think they <laughs> sorry, <Thanks for that. laughs> couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. Um, I, I think that they, they they again will. will, will be a solid option in front of the back four, but I don't know. I mean, if you play Shakiri, I think we're going to struggle more. If you don't start him, then I think we'll have more of a chance because him, him for me, he he's he's the difference. I mean, the goals that he scored this season so far, and and the way he links the play, the way he pulls name the way he pulls Salah in together, it's just phenomenal. So I think if you start him. We're gonna we're gonna struggle. If we don't, then we we've got a bit of a chance. Uh, and as we discussed already, it just depends who you put at right back. Because if you put the wrong option there, I think Zaha is just gonna cause all kinds of problems all day long. Whether whether he can put something in the box that um, gives us a chance to put it away, that that remains to be seen. But it, it, I think it's vital that choice that Klopp makes at right back. Excellent, thanks, Steve. Right before we uh, played the the band and the music, who've um, been in touch with us on uh, Twitter this week, we've got, I'm going to get a, a score prediction from um, from the two of you guys. So first of all, Jay, your Liverpool's the home side, so I'd like to get your your thoughts on a score prediction and your reasons for that, please. Yeah, well, I, I just think. Um... With it being at Anfield, it's it's one of them, isn't it? It's all about the three points, as I said before. But I just think Liverpool will have too much for Palace. I mean, I'm fully expecting it to be a tough game, no? Because you know, make no mistake, they went they went the Etihad and, and beat Manchester City not so long ago, and they are very capable. I mean, albeit the goal that one of the goals he scored was an absolute world class goal by Andros Sands, and he'll never hit a strike like that ever again, will he? And probably goal of the season, really, isn't it? But um. Like I say, they, they, they do cause problems and they've got patient power in the side and with Zaha now probably going out wide with Benteke playing up front for them, it could cause us a few issues. But as I said before, Liverpool don't tend to concede goals at Anfield and it's rare that we even concede opportunities. It, it, that's how mad this team is. It's machine-like. And I just think going into the game, we're ultra-confident, aren't we? Certainly at Anfield. And I just think, as I say, we'll have too much for them. So... I think it, it won't be, at times, I think we might struggle to break them down, but we have to be patient, as you said before, but I do think we'll get the job done, and I think we'll win 2-0. Yeah, so uh, a 2-0 prediction from Jay. Right, Steve, uh, similar one for you. Thoughts on a score prediction and your reasons, please? So, yeah, so basically, if you start Shakiri, I think it. I think it's going to be a tight game, but you'll, you'll have the onus when it comes to creativity and... and I think we'll get a goal. Uh, I honestly think we will, uh, but it'll be 2-1. If you don't start Shakiri and you go with a bit more of a defensive approach, perhaps, based on the fact that you've got some some injuries um, that have kind of got a little bit... The injury list has got a bit longer. I think you'll, you'll, you'll take a 1-0 win. I think that's what will happen. So... 
a 1-0 win for Steve for Liverpool. Right, okay, yeah, just my uh, my thoughts on the on the score prediction. Like Jay said, I agree. It it'll be a it'll be a difficult game with um, Crystal Palace putting plenty of men behind the ball and the big defenders that they've got in in Sacco and and Scott Dan and and people like that and, and the young lad Wamba Saka on the right wing who who's good at getting forward as well. He, he's one of the players who's looked lively and and has impressed me quite a lot this season. Um, so, like Jay said as well, I just think we we will have a little bit too much for Crystal Palace. I think if we do score early and Palace have to come out, then then you could see Liverpool going on. Um, and notching up a, a few goals in this game. Um, if not, a bit more of a, a conservative game where we use our, our um, possession-based play and take our time and, and be patient and, and look to, to get in behind Palace at times. But I, I just think I'm going to go with, with my earlier thoughts. I think that if we we are confident and back on our home turf now, and if we can get that early goal, which I think we will do, I think we can go on to get a, a few more. So I'm going to go with a, a 3-1. Liverpool victory. I think Palace may just get one from from a set piece or or something like that. A a goal that, that can come out of anywhere. So um, I'm going to go with a, a three-one Liverpool victory in this in this fixture. Right. Okay. So what I'm going to do now is play the the band that's been in touch with us on Twitter. Just just in, to let you know, Steve, we play music by either an unsigned band or an artist who gets in touch with us. Um, during the week, and we have a few to choose from. So this week, we're gonna I'm gonna go with a, a band called Broken Bear. They have um, a website you can you can check out brokenbearmusic.com. They're also on Spotify and also on SoundCloud. So the song I'm gonna play for you tonight is called Smoke and Mirrors.
So that song was called Smoke and Mirrors from Broken Bear. Thanks very much for them to, for getting in touch with us this week uh, on Twitter to play their their song. So before we go, I'd just like to say our usual thanks to um, the LFC Day Trippers for their ev- editing for the LFC at Liverpool Facebook and their Twitter page. You, you've been in association with us now from from the start of the season and putting all our podcasts out on the, on all their platforms, which is much appreciated. And don't forget to keep uh, following the No More Knives campaign with Paul Bentley and Lee Butler. Still lots of things going on with, with them lads, and you can follow Paul on his, his Facebook page. He's, he's doing a lot. Um, he's got a new gym open down in, in the Liverpool area. So if you want to check out Paul Bentley's um, Facebook page and the No More Knives campaign, we, we continue to support. So thanks very much for your time, Jay and uh, Steve. Yeah, I really appreciate the invite again, lads. Um, and, and, I've, and I've enjoyed uh, having a chat with you guys. Great stuff. Okay. Cheers, lads. Hopefully it's a good game. Uh, enjoy it. But uh, a three-pointer three for the Redman. Fingers crossed. Jay, yeah, so that's the cop table preview of the Liverpool versus Crystal Palace fixture. Um, I think we'll be back the week after next, isn't it? We've got Leicester at home as our next our next Premier League fixture after the weekend. So we it's the FA Cup. We've got a, a little bit of a break. So that's the next time you'll hear hear from us on the cop table, the last preview. So thanks everybody for, for listening and uh, we'll speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True Green. Green today. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.